Ladies and gentlemen, every other Tuesday on the Journey into Comics Network, it's poor news with the late-breaking news when it matters most. The following, the following, the following. The following. Journey into Comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey Into Comics, the podcast dedicated to all things nerd, with your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips. Showtime, a-holes. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Journey Into Comics. It's Journey Into Comics 219. I am your host, Nate. Holy fuck, it's late. Literally recording at 2.06 a.m. It's past the deadline of the time that the episode is supposed to have gone live. And some of you are probably like, where is the fucking episode? I'm fiending. I don't have my journey into comics. Where is it? It's right here, guys. Don't don't worry. I'm, I'm here. Just things are kind of a little bit chaotic. Uh, today was a day of cleaning. Today, while I cleaned my house and did a bunch of stuff like that and Watched way too much NFL football. Uh, I just kind of like spent a day recuperating because it's just we're just on the other side of Thanksgiving. You guys are going to be hearing all about my like Thanksgiving food excursion during foodies this week. So make sure to tune in on Wednesday where Veronica, myself and Sarah are going to be talking about the food that we had during Thanksgiving kind of things that went down. But... Before we get there, I do want to just kind of like talk about kind of all the things that have kind of been going on lately. Uh, and I, you know, I just, it's just been very busy since for a while. So it was nice to like spend my Sunday zenning, relaxing. The comic room has been completely 100, top to bottom, 110% organized and cleaned. And, and reconfigured and made as nice as possible and swept and dusted and every, everything you think of because it's weird. The comic room, while it's like sacred ground for me and I've, I definitely like kind of have that uh, mantra, it also is a place that sometimes gets neglected a little bit because it's also where I can go, oh, it's my fucking space. So if I need to real quick throw a fucking thing in there for 10 minutes, it's not a big deal. It doesn't become a big deal until my procrastination kicks in, and then it's you know that one thing that was there for a couple minutes turns into a couple weeks, turns into a couple months. You guys know the deal, and then all of a sudden we got a mess on our hands. So you know we've been kind of like just trying to like get the house in order and get everything back on track as far as like just our house. I feel like again it's one of those things we've been in chaos. Everything has kind of been go, 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 go. We've had lots of shows and things have happened. And I feel like 2018 literally to me, and I don't know for those of you listening are, are feeling this, I feel like I blinked and 2018 happened. Like the last time I remember it was January and this year was just getting started and I had so much hope and promise for what this year could be. And there's just been so much weird slash bad slash okay slash really not good shit that's happened in 2018 that's kind of made it just happen so fast so when i have an opportunity to sit and do nothing i do that i'm not trying to just like beat around the bush here so where does the real speed pick up for the week 
the for the why I'm so exhausted and tired. It actually goes back to last week, you guys, and some of you guys heard this, maybe not all of you, but I mean, I know some people are checking it out. It is one of now our most, again, not a numbers guy, but it is one of our most downloaded episodes now. Maybe that has something to do with the magic of what it was, but uh, I planned an event a few months ago with Casey Taylor at North End Pub to do this thing for Journey into Wrestling. We're going to come in, myself, Veronica, Sarah, We'll have a little event. It'll be nice. You know, I just was kind of riffing, and I didn't really know what they did, and I didn't really, I didn't know what to expect, so I, like, planned a thing, but didn't, I didn't really think about it, I guess, is the way to say it. So, we planned and planned and planned and planned and planned, and Casey Taylor had told me, he's like, hey, man, I got a bunch of different guys that want to be on the show, and I was like, that's great. I just need to know who they are so I can, like, get my rundown together I can know who I want to have talking about what so I kind of had a loose schedule like that going down and uh you know when this plan had originally come up the first guy in my head initially was Nick Max and I was like man Nick Max and Bruce with dudes he's on the network like we already work together constantly like might as well have he'll be in Lafayette anyways. He goes north and pub. It's like his digs. They host the Doom Room shows there. It'll just fit. Except for Nick had to fucking work. So he had to get there a little bit later than he really wanted to. So then that puts me in an interesting bind. Don't want to do the show solo mode. Don't know if I'll have guests. Because it's like maybe those people were nervous and don't want to do a podcast. And it's just me up on a stage talking for three hours that could be really awkward i would feel really bad it probably would have went home don't worry i didn't go home because actually i uh did the most sensible thing and uh i did what banner did i'm gonna make a call and i made the call got a hold old brando i said brando i know we haven't got to podcast together in over seven months and uh brando i know that we haven't necessarily fully smoothed everything out if we're going to go totally behind the curtains you know not everything has officially been said between the two of us I don't think and really it's just him needing to I guess say what he feels I don't I don't you know it's weird because to me again not to air dirty laundry but like when things in April happened and the network shakeup happened and Brando left and Caitlin left and Joanna left and Mike left and Game Addicts left and Literature left and all that shit went down, I was fucking bummed, you know. But, uh, you know, I guess they say that uh, pressure makes diamonds, right? So I got put in a, per- a per- predicament kind of because I had kind of had this philosophy you guys know it i want to run 365 days a year with shows every day of the week as long as it comes out on the day of the release for the show that is intended to come out on that day it's cool i particularly like them to go on at midnight when the new day happens that way when the days are starting for everybody you're getting that content fresh and this conundrum of like literature leaving game addicts leaving brandon leaving all these things, it's like, oh shit, there's this huge fucking gap right now. Giant fucking gap. Because now we need to fill those voids to keep my vision of what I want this network that I started to, to you know, to do. 
So had to think on my feet. Had to instill in AP and Liz and Chris Plant and Ashley to create some new content. Veronica, Sarah, and myself came up with a whole new show in Gallifradio. You know, it was just like um, thinking on your feet. So when that happened, uh, having to think on my feet, I didn't really have time to mourn Brandon not being on the show anymore or not being a part of the network as we know it anymore. Uh, I just had to go, okay, well, that's what had to fucking happen, I guess. I didn't really want it to be the case, but say la vie, in case of Ra's Ra, uh, got, you know, I, I can't. I can't do anything to take it back. It's already happened. So uh, to, to jump all the way back to what I'm actually getting to, it made sense when I'm doing a journey into wrestling events to ask the dude who I can talk day and night 24-7 about nothing but wrestling without question. And that was Brando, and it was amazing. It's weird because he and I have such a genuine chemistry that we can sit down do a show three hours, not bat an eyelash, not really talk about any of the shit that's actually needing to probably be talked about, but totally put together one of the best shows, in my opinion, that I've done all season on that show, really. I mean, and, and that's no offense to anybody like Matthew Waite that I've had on the show, but Brandon and I have something really genuinely special, and I want to just say nothing but love to him, excited to have him back around, looking forward. Oh, God. It looks like we're here at the Revenge of the Yawns because, like I said, it's 2.15 a.m., so I'm, I'm recording late and I don't have an energy drink. And this drink break is, in fact, brought to you by Poor News. You guys can check out Poor News tomorrow morning right here on the Journey into Comics Network at journeyintocomic.com. Thank you, AP, for this delicious drink you are giving me. Some new listeners are probably like, why the fuck did he just pause to tell me about the show that's coming out tomorrow what is where's the correlation go back several episodes you'll figure out that the drink break that's brought to you by ap show is because he asked me why i take drink breaks and say it that i'm gonna have a drink break long story short it's it's because i want this podcast to be real as fuck so back to it brando and i do the show and it's fucking amazing we have a lot of fun we had a lot of fun guests and predictions and stuff i did really well and we'll talk more about that on the next thing a journey into wrestling it's good to have brando back around i'm looking forward to doing more stuff with him maybe someday soon he will make his triumphant return right here to the flagship show and uh i don't know what kind of pandora's box that will open because i mean that could open a whole new thing but you know uh just to, to just to brief on it, I just want to say, I don't know if this will get back to him, if Dick or somebody will do some shit like, hey, man, you really need to listen to, you know, Brando, I don't know if you fucking listen to this show, man, honestly, I don't, but I want you to know, and for all my listeners, I don't really fucking care, but I need to say this to my best friend, Brando, dude, I love you, and you mean a lot to me, uh, you're one of my oldest friends, we've been through everything together, tried and true time and time again it's like we keep climbing into the boxing ring and we keep surviving and then looking at each other and going oh man that dude's fucking really rad i love spending time with him and hanging out and having great laughs and shit and creating amazing memories man and i fucking miss that dude i just want you to know that i fucking miss that and i do hope that that changes soon and i and i do hope to see you again really soon man 
but let's keep going on. Uh, so we did the thing on Sunday, Journey into Wrestling, Lafayette. Drove home, had to get up the next day. V had to go to work, take her to boom, doing that. And then hung out with her Monday night. And then Tuesday hung out there again. And then guess what, folks? It's already time for the holidays. Wednesday, boo-doo, it's Black Wednesday. And I did nothing but clean. I literally, just like I said earlier, I got kind of lost in it. and was cleaning my fucking house and organizing and straightening and sweeping and doing all the things you can do and putting up posters and shit and like just literally changing the feng shui of the whole entire place, you know, just trying to get it uh, clean and, and more alive, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like if your home is 100% like put together that your energy will flow differently. And I feel like ever since I've been cleaning, like I feel more inclined to clean more. So it's like my house is getting even like on a deeper level clean. I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to go through my drawers. I'm going to start throwing shit away that I don't need that's like 27 years old. Oh, look at this old paper that has one fucking thing I wrote that means nothing. It means literally nothing, but I stuck it in this drawer because I didn't know what to do with it at the time. I should have just fucking thrown it away and not been lazy and not procrastinate. So this is me not procrastinating. I'm throwing the shit away. So I'm throwing the shit away. Speaking of not procrastinating, AP. I'm getting you your fucking uh, response. Oh, my God. I got to talk about that, too. That's a thing. Let me interject real quick because I'm going to get back to. Okay. So because after the hall, because we're going to talk about Thursday in a second. I'm going to break down Thursday. Before that, though, I do need to talk about AP, man. And this was a fucking cool, heartwarming moment. It's been like making me feel really warm and fuzzy inside all these uh, amazing people that I get to spend uh, podcasting time with and that I've helped create the network with that have uh, offered and asked me to do things that are bigger than podcasting and more personal and in their real life. So it was nothing but uh, obviously an honor to me when I got the opportunity to officiate Dick and Miranda's wedding. And, and you know, they've been kicking ass and in their new house and it looks like they're making it very homey really quick and not fucking around which i really love that they're just like we're gonna get this thing in and get this shit settled and have fucking home and that's you know that's amazing i love that that drive and whatnot so those guys that was amazing them letting me into that moment because i was like i said a couple of weeks ago on the podcast like i was in the most personal part of that wedding because i was right there in, right next to these two people that were expressing the ultimate love for each other in front of their family and their friends. And it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. So AP reaches out to me. He's like, hey, man, I got to talk to you. And let me just mention, okay, here's a couple things. I'm going to give you guys the skinny on this because it's interesting to me just how things work out. So I'm hanging out with Ollie, and he is on a snooze cruise. So he's with me, and he's sleeping. And AP's like, hey, man, I got to call you right now. What I, I, I need to talk to you. And, I, and okay, listen, first of all, to go back to that other shit that happened in April again, uh, hey, man, I need to talk to you typically ends badly. Also, if you can hear it, drain of our existence. Uh, so usually when you get the, hey, I need to talk to you, I feel like this, like, oh, pit in my stomach. So I'm cruising around with Ollie in my head. I'm going, oh my God, AP's going to quit the network. Or he's going to fucking say that the adulting ain't easy is done forever because Liz doesn't want to do the show. She thinks it's fucking stupid or something. 
or AP's gonna feel like he's like he's got maybe he's gonna have to move and some crazy shit like he's gonna have to move to fucking Colorado like what the fuck I'm gonna lose my one of my buddies like what the shit so I'm like like kind of in a little bit of a panic and he's like hey man don't worry it's good and then he asked me and it was the most amazing thing uh he was like hey Liz and I want to know if you want to be one of our ushers for our wedding and I was like absolutely no questions asked. Like, yes, I would love to do that. That would be absolutely spectacular. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get to be an usher for the Liz and Andrew poor wedding uh, coming up here. Wow, in like just a month. That's crazy. We're, we're right there on the, on the way there. So, so anyways, let's get back to this Thursday. So Thursday was okay. Again, carry over from the from the already cleaning. I'm I'm finalizing a lot of the little cleaning things that I've been doing and stuff and preparing for the weekend. We're gonna go away for a few days. We got a lot of shit to do. So we're hanging out until Sarah and I are hanging out until like one ish. Uh and then we gotta go to her parents, uh well her aunt's house for Thanksgiving. And the Bears are playing, so I'm watching the Bears play the the Lions, and it's they got Chase Daniels up in a back up quarterback because Mitch Trubisky's hurt. And I'm watching this game, and it's a tight game, but you know Chase Daniels is making a lot of smart play calls. He's not throwing the ball away, no interceptions, you know, a couple rough passes, timing issues and stuff. But you're gonna have that, whatever. Consummate professional, he plays the game smart, and they and you know. It goes very well. Uh, ultimately, we have to leave before the game is over. So I'm like, in the car, I've got the game on. Because if you've got AT&T phone, DirecTV is on your fucking phone. And it doesn't use data. So you can just like stream TV wherever you go. It's actually really convenient. Because I could just stream the game listening to it while I'm driving. And I could kind of like peek down when I was at like stoplights or whatever. So we drive out to her aunt's house, Sarah's aunt's house. We have a nice Thanksgiving thing getting ready to go on. I sit down, and her dad's sitting there, and I just look at him, and I look at the score, and it's 16-16, close game. And I just go, man, Chicago, like, and Detroit just gets the ball back. And I go, man, Chicago's defense really needs to step up and and, and have a fucking big-ass play right now. Like, something has to happen. As soon as I said that, there was an interception for a touchdown. Proving to me once again that I am the master of the universe because I said that it should happen and thy will be done. So it was really cool to see that the Chicago Bears had that interception that sealed the deal. They got that big win. Congrats to Chase Daniels. Congrats to Khalil Mack and that defense. Vic Fancio, the defensive coordinator, obviously. And you've got uh, Matt Nagy as an amazing head coach. Those guys, it's just, it seems like things are going really smooth there. Hopefully they continue that streak going on a little wood knock in there. So, Let's continue on here. Uh, get to get to finally get to the dinner part of Thanksgiving. Jam the feast, uh, part one, and I'm like, okay, not feeling right. I think I overate. Mixture of overeating, mixture of a little bit of nerves because seeing family on Thanksgiving sometimes, you know, y'all know how it be. Uh, so I'm just like, okay. I think I have a migraine. Great. Okay, cool. So if I'm tracking it at this point, I was like, uh, I don't know. It was like, I want to say uh, that was my sixth day in a row of a migraine. 
Yeah, it was my at that point I was at day six of having a migraine, and it kind of carried over. Some like it was like some days I would wake up and think it was completely gone, and it would come back really strong. And then other days it was as soon as I woke up, I knew I had a migraine, dealing with it all day. Got to fucking kind of like micromanage my pain all day, which is really slows my day down and slows my process of being a human down. So like get to Thursday, a little bit of a food thing going on, and I get a little bit of a headache. Take some leave because I'm just like, okay, a little bit of leave could probably kick this out. It's not really doing it. So we leave Sarah's aunt's house and we drive down to Lowell to go to V's house. We get there. There's some family. We're chit-chatting. We're hugging. We're talking. Blah, blah, blah. It's nice. It's a great time. It's always fun to see both Veronica and Sarah's families collectively, you know, and just catch up and talk and whatnot uh, and and spend the, the holidays, you know. So we collect V the three of us fucking pack into the car and here we are traveling again so I've traveled from uh my place to Sarah's aunt's place it's a 35 minute drive from Sarah's aunt's place to V's place that's a 40 minute drive then from V's place with the three of us down to Hoopston that's an hour and a half drive we get in at almost like nine I think or something like that and uh it was it was nice. It was kind of exhausting though because we had to get right into business and do a podcast, which you guys can listen to. It was just a couple days ago, Gallif Radio episode eight. I don't remember. Oh, it's Turkey Timey Wimey was the last episode. Another quick drink break brought to you by Poor News tomorrow, folks. Poor news, probably going to have some big stuff. Hopefully some late-breaking news comes out today. They can assist AP to have some really cool stories and interesting stuff. I still think I'd love to hear him do a section where he does the news, but more of a um, weekend update kind of thing. Like, here's the headline, and here's the punchline to that crazy headline. Maybe I'll do that. Fuck it. I don't know. So... We got to Hoopston, and then we recorded that podcast, and then when that got done, I uploaded the podcast. We went downstairs, hung out with Dad for a few hours, watched Incredibles, called it a night, uh, get up the next day. I got up super early, got ready, and started working on my Thanksgiving feast, because we were doing Thanksgiving at my dad's house on Friday instead of on uh, Thursday, because we got in a little bit late. So we kind of got all the things together and oh, through the course of the day, kind of hung out, watched some stuff, dorked around and whatnot. It was really a nice kind of like relaxing kind of day. Uh, and then we, oh, we watched The Perfect Bid with Dad. That was an awesome documentary. Again, that's a Price is Right documentary. If you haven't heard me talk about it, do check that out. It is on Hulu, something that you can watch on Hulu. Just search Perfect Bid. It's about The Price is Right and this guy that got an exact bid in the showcase showdown and there's some controversy and there's a whole other story that's like the, the story. It's weird because that's one of those documentaries where the story evolves. Like as you're watching, you're like, wow, this couldn't get any more strange. This is an amazing story. And as soon as you're thinking it's an amazing story, there's like three more twists that happen that make you go, whoa, I was not expecting that. I was not expecting that next thing. And I definitely wasn't expecting the thing after that. That's crazy as fuck. Holy shiitake mushrooms. So, Doing that, cooking Thanksgiving, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. We finally get to eat, and then we have to pack up, get our shit together, and head back home. So it's another drive, hour and a half to Lowell. V's got to work. We're almost to Lowell. Her boss texts, you don't have to work. You have the night off. Uh, so, okay, we're going to just head all the way back up to Hammond. 
we'll do our thing, we'll chill out. We did, and uh, I had some podcasts, kind of breezing around, not doing a whole lot of much, you know, just kind of hanging out. Uh, and then that's kind of when things started to finally slow down, and then here we are, it's, it's Sunday, and things are fully slow, because yesterday we still had to go down to Lowell, get V, uh, get some stuff together, and get a, like a Christmas ham, or Christmas fucking Thanksgiving ham that was left over that no one ate, and actually bring it here so we could eat it, it was really good, uh, so we do all that, it was, it was a really fun time, it's just a lot of driving, I feel like, Thanksgiving is a lot of driving. Also, folks, by the way, I just want you guys to know, if you hear a bunch of crazy noises and shit during this podcast, I'm like I said, I'm recording this at 2 in the morning. It's 2.30 right now as I'm talking, and there's a blizzard about to hit the fuck out of us right now. Uh, for those of you who don't know, up in the Chicagoland area, Right now, as it happens, there's a humongous storm front moving in that's going to be dropping massive amounts of snow. We got two to four to four to six inches in some areas, some areas getting 10 to 12 inches of snow and beyond. Uh, and then with lake effect snow, you don't really know what you're getting. Sometimes that can triple and quadruple your amounts, which uh, is not going to be fun for me tomorrow when I have to scoop this fucking snow. Uh, or take care of my outdoor cats. Have I mentioned that on the podcast? Did I not take care of a bunch of outdoor cats? I have a bunch of outdoor cats, and I named a lot of them after the X-Men. I think I've talked about that. Like, um, It's weird, though, because some of them I haven't seen since it got really cold out, which makes me sad. But some of them have been us- utilizing my kitty cat shack uh, that I made for them because I am a huge animal lover, so I turned my outdoor shed into an actual safe shack with a heat lamp and all this shit so that these cats could be well taken care of uh through this treacherous winter we're supposed to be having and i feed them every day and shit you know but uh i've got the mama cat rorschach she's beautiful uh she's got a little baby named kitty pride uh i think her baby daddy is storm or is beast beast is a long-haired beautiful cat white blue eyes oh gorgeous terrified as fuck of me he hates he runs like shit rorschach if i go to go in the shed she'll just like oh shit man you're in here i'm gonna fucking go hide in this corner for a minute while you feed me and then i'll just hang out when you're done and then when you leave i'll fucking eat and that's usually what she does so so um so it's like I just, I guess I care for animals, and it's this crazy blizzard, so tomorrow I'm going to have a lot of shit to do. It's going to be fun. Uh, But anyways, you guys know what I've been doing for the holidays. I talk about it. It's just like, like I said, man, holidays can wear you out because you got to be driving around and seeing people, and it's like I didn't even get to see all the people I wanted to see, and uh, there's just not enough time, really, and it's fucking bummer. It really is a fucking bummer. But let's talk about some other shit. I got a whole bunch of articles and shit pulled up, conversations I want to talk about. I do have an interesting Thanos theory that I want to discuss. But Before we get into that, let's get into a little bit of Star Wars. We'll ease our way over to some DC. And how about we close out with some... Well, we'll close out with a bunch of different stuff. So we're just going to kind of run the gauntlet here, folks. As former UK Foreign Secretary claims George Lucas plans to shoot Star Wars spinoff Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. 
Um, today, Boris Johnson got up to give his speech at the DUP annual conference in Belfast. He probably didn't expect to send the Star Wars fandom into a frenzy with one simple comment. With the intention of boasting the accolades of the UK, Johnson mentioned the upcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi film that is supposedly in the works by Lucasfilms. According to The Spectator, Johnson claimed that the UK had by far the most dynamic creative culture and media industries. He went on to ask the question, which was the biggest grossing movie last year? Star Wars. And where does George Lucas propose to make a follow-up about Obi-Wan Kenobi? Northern Ireland. George Lucas' name drop is what's getting all the buzz, especially because he has not directed a film since Revenge of the Sith in 2005. However, there is a good chance that the former mayor of London and foreign secretary was just using George Lucas' name as a generalization, not knowing, you know, like Lucas, oh, George Lucas is doing it, meaning Lucas Films is doing it. Uh, Lucas is, of course, the main person associated with the franchise and the British political... Uh, the British politician could have just been referring to Lucasfilms. However, that doesn't mean we can't hope the director plans to help another movie in the famous franchise. Another point against this claim is Stephen Daldry, best known for directing Billy Elliot, The Hours, and The Reader. He is already listed as the film's director on IMDb. However, if Solo taught us anything, it's that directors in the franchise can, in fact, be replaced. Interesting, man. It would be cool to see if we do get an Obi-Wan movie. I think uh, it's long overdue. I feel like there has been several conversations had on this network about, like, if I could put any, if I would have had a choice of movies, there's a long, I think Nick Maxson says this best, that there's a long list of characters he would have done well before he would have done a solo movie. And, and Obi-Wan is one of them. Maybe this is their chance to write the proverbial wrong that was Solo in their solo Star Wars so stories and their side quest stories with Ben Kenobi and telling a story that's like really, really genuine into the heart of that character. Speaking of to the heart of characters, Oscar Isaac saying that episode nine is going to deal with Carrie Fisher's Princess Leia in a beautiful way. Uh, here's a quote from Oscar Isaacs, who plays Poe Dameron. He was speaking to the Daily Beast, and he says uh, the story deals with that quite a bit, uh, talking about Carrie Fisher's passing. It's a strange thing to be on the set and to be speaking of Leia and having Carrie not be around. There's definitely some pain in that. He goes on to say that despite losing Fisher, there's still a very fun, loving, joyous vibe on the set as the cast and crew realize they're about to cross the finish line. There's a looseness and an energy to the way that we're shooting this that feels very different it's been really fun being back with jj with all of us working in a really close way i just feel like there's an element of almost um senioritis you know since everything just feels way looser and people aren't taking it quite seriously but just still just having a lot of fun i think that the energy is going to translate to a really great movie before changing the subject, he made sure to reiterate once more that Fisher's presence will be felt throughout the entire movie. It deals with the amazing character that Carrie created in a really beautiful way. Man, uh, it's going to be hard to see what they do with, uh, you know, with, with, with Princess Leia, how Carrie Fisher's death affected Episode Nine, and what the story is going to be now, and what, I mean, man, it, it's crazy to me to think that we're just a little over a year from the next star wars movie which could be the last and probably will be the last in the actual uh skywalker saga unless that is of course there is somebody who is in our trilogy now 
that is a future Skywalker. And I mean that by saying that maybe it's in their bloodline and maybe this is not the end because Luke and Leia are gone. And then that would mean it's crazy to think, too, that when we started this journey, it's like um, legitimately and metaphorically we have lost the three pillars of the original. Sorry for pop filter awareness month. I have misplaced my pop filter, Dick. So I did not mean to pop into your ear hole. But the pillars of uh, Star Wars and Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford um, in different ways are no longer going to be a part of this thing. Uh, You know, Harrison Ford gets written out. First movie, boom, done. Hang it up. He's over. Second movie is, you know, Mark Hamill being ridden off into the sunset after the filming of the second movie carrie fisher passes away forcing the third movie to essentially get rid of princess leia yet again so it's like here we are in this really fucked up way and these people that made star wars are no longer a part of it and it's like been by force we aren't going to have a choice now you know what i'm saying the Han Solo thing, everyone was like, it's acceptable. It's a new st- Star Wars. You have to have a big sacrifice. Cool, cool. We can totally fucking see that coming. He's, he's like the mortal. He's the normal dude. He's just a fucking, you know, the best pilot there is. Uh, but then the second one, you know, people are like, you don't really like that you're taking my Luke Skywalker away. I take that personally. And then, obviously, the thing that happens with Carrie and her untimely passing is just like, Fuck, you know, we don't want, you don't ever want to have that kind of shit go down. So, uh, I, you know, man, it's a uh, interesting time for Star Wars fans. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to what's to come from the Mandalorian. Uh, they've cast somebody in that role. Bunch of people were talking about it, and we're super excited. Look forward to it. I'm sure he's a great actor. I just didn't see whatever he was in that they were hyping. So. I don't have enough to reference what I think about that character. Interestingly enough, I just want to briefly jump over, and this is going to be like totally. You know what? I'm just going to fucking. I'm just going to fucking jump it this way. We're going to jump to Marvel news now, folks, because Disney is own own Disney owns both Star Wars and Marvel, so it's a it's a sensible uh, tangent or segue over there. A dedicated Marvel fan has created the complete Infinity Stones timeline. I'm going to briefly actually read this to you guys. I know that sounds like it's going to take for fucking ever. And it probably will. But it's interesting because it has some pretty detailed shit going on here. So uh, I want to go all the way to the beginning. Uh, We'll start with the Power Stone. And it says in 1304 BC, it's on Morag until... Okay, and then it like fast forwards to 2011, Battle of New York. It's the... Power Stone is still on Morag. And then it's uh, it's still on Morag in 2013 when Convergence happens. That's in Thor. Uh, and then 2014, it's in, it's on Xandar with Peter Quill. Then it's in Nowhere with the Collector. And then it's in Space with Ronan. And then it's again at the end of that movie on Xandar with the Nova Corps. And then we're going to jump back because I'm going to talk about... we Because we kind of know. I mean, you guys know the timeline. This person put a very detailed thing together, though. It has, like, I mean, every stone, every major thing. You've got Battle of New York, Convergence, Destruction of Xandar, Battle on Titan, and the final collection... The, the final stone collected. 
and then the snap are all parts of this thing. And it's a really nice, well-put-together thing. Going Power Stone, Reality Stone, Space Stone, Mind Stone, Time Stone, and Soul Stone. The Soul Stone remains on Vormir, but it does note in 1945 that uh, Red Skull takes possession of the Soul Stone. Well, he takes possession of the keep of the Soul Stone on Vormir all the way up and until the time that Thanos has it and returns to Titan. Uh, the Time Stone had, had stayed on Earth. It's also interesting to note that in 2013, three of the stones are on Earth. Three of the six are on Earth. And uh, the Power Stone, the Soul Stone, and the Space Stone are not at that time on Earth. But the Space Stone, being that it was the Tesseract, could have been on Earth. But the Time Stone, the Mind Stone... And the reality stone in 2013 during convergence are all on Earth. So it's like oftentimes, I feel like in the MCU, there were times where there are three stones or more on Earth. And that's a dangerous recipe, obviously. The destruction of Xandar um, is right, kind of like when Thanos starts to really take over, getting the space stone first and allowing everything to kind of jump into uh, fast paced mode here. Now, there's one thing I want to interestingly enough mention. I think I just closed down the wrong thing. Oh, well. Yeah, I totally did. Fuck. Oh, well. Uh, I don't remember what that article was. Whatever. Uh, one thing I want to mention is there's a, there is an interesting fan theory, and I do want to talk about this real quick right now. So here's the fan theory, and uh, I'm hopefully not going to fuck this up. So essentially, the theory states we are very obviously shown... Thanos dies in Infinity War. He dies. He's dead. So, why do I say that? First of all, Thor's been in a lot of battles. He knows where to kill somebody. He knows how to kill somebody. And if he hits you in the chest, he's going to kill you. Okay? So, that's the first thing. Think about how intelligent Thor is as a warrior. How much power he uses to use uh, Stormbreaker to get through all of the stones pushing up against Stormbreaker to still hit Thanos in his chest so he could actually tell him to his face, I told you you were going to die for that. And he and, and it's true. So what's some more evidence? Thanos does the snap. Um, or he says you should have gone for the head and then does the snap. So in this moment, Thanos is dead. He goes to the soul world. He is in the soul world. He looks down. You're seeing a clear representation of his character. He is shocked. Wait, how am I here? He's feeling his chest. There's no hole there. He's looking on his arm. There's no gauntlet. He sees Gamora. What does it cost? Everything. Okay, so this is kind of like future tripping to set up what can happen in Avengers 4, right? Because what they can do is they can go, okay, look. Thanos died, but he came back because he used the Soul Stone. The Soul Stone, one of its powers, is the ability to revive the dead. Therefore, meaning, you guys figured it out. Oh, yeah. Thanos kind of resurrects himself. Um, and then that's when he dips and is saved. Okay? And obviously, he can be mended. And Thanos, so Thanos dies and then essentially resurrects self. Um, with the help of the soul stone but that's proving that if you essentially die or ha or die and then end up inside of the soul stone that you have a chance of coming back meaning anybody who was dusted 
most likely is coming back. I wouldn't uh, get your panties too much in a bunch here. Uh, another interesting fan theory that we want to talk about today is a fan theory pointing to the fact that it seems maybe we do know when the new trailer for Avengers Force or the first trailer for Avengers 4 is coming out. So if you want to know the point when we collectively start going down the rabbit hole with Avengers 4 trailer theories, this is it. The new theory popped upon Reddit seemingly to make a lot of sense to fans as it merges some clever math with an Avengers Infinity War quote that may have been hiding the Avengers 4 trailer date right in front of our faces. Okay? So, he says, the... Ethanopia says now I know that there may that this may be entirely incorrect but I have a theory as to when the trailer for Avengers 4 will be released so recently Marvel released a countdown for the release of the still untitled fourth Avengers film on their website um, at first I thought oh great they're just trying to torture us by showing how far away it is but then another idea made its way into my head perhaps Marvel is also trying to give us a hint that the release of the trailer and this countdown are connected the only thing I could think of is that when the countdown reaches a certain number, that the trailer will be released around this time. However, the question is, what number could it be? Thankfully, I remembered the amount of possible outcomes that Doctor Strange saw to be 14,605,000, and then everything clicked. What if when the countdown reaches that number, or relatively close to that number, the trailer is released? While I'm writing this countdown, it has 161 days. And for my idea to work, the trailer would have to be released when the countdown is at day 140 the countdown would be at day 140 on december 13th which is a thursday hmm coincidence because this day is also the day in which spider-man into the spider-verse premieres meaning that the trailer could be attached to this in addition to this there's a football game that night between the chargers and the chiefs the teams that are playing don't really matter but i know in the past marvel has released trailers during football game commercial breaks such as the initial trailer for iron man 3 during the super bowl that year I'm not saying that this is 100% correct or that I am one of the reliable Marvel sources, but I'm saying that there is a chance that this could be what Marvel has been planning. While I am hopeful that this is somewhat correct, I also just want to see the trailer be released. For real. As of right now, 157 days, 21 hours, 12 minutes, and 23 seconds. 14 million. 605 oh yeah it's it's a close decimal but it's not quite there oh man it's just like oh looking forward to the future of the mcu again getting all stout so i think that fan theory could hold up it would be really neat to see that come to light uh let's jump to some you know what this is some regular marvel news too here some comic book news i'm going to jump to some stan lee news or an interesting Stanley note, uh, and then we'll we'll jump to the next thing I want to hit up on here. Uh, so it looks like there's a new Carnage showing up. Um, a Carnage comeback was inevitable for Marvel, especially given the character's post-credit tease at the end of the ultra-successful. I wouldn't know if I'd go that far. Venom movie, after being talked about for quite a while, the return of Cletus Cassidy came this week, and it will likely turn the lives of several Marvel comic characters upside down. If you read the most recent issue of Venom, you got a tease of Carnage's return, as some creepy cult members took a stolen piece of Knoll's symbiote to a chamber underground. It was revealed that Cassidy was worshipped as some sort of god, and these people were going to try and resurrect him using the symbiote technology. Try they did, 
and they were certainly successful. After telling the story of how Cletus Cassidy became a near corpse in a hidden tunnel under the surface, they offered a piece of the null to order, uh, in order to resurrect him. The symbiotes twisted together and became one, binding the villainous carnage back to life. Once he did the most carnage, once he did the most carnage thing imaginable, killing the person who brought him back to life. The taste of blood started turning his symbiote back into its classic red color. Now reborn, Carnage is looking more dangerous than ever. Uh, in addition to the new suit, he has returned to his comically devastating dialogue fans have always loved. After eating the spine of his lead cult follower, Carnage says, You loonies were right. I do feel better after a snack. And I don't know what the hell that null uh, fuck was all about. But that was all about. But daddy needs more. Or what the hell that null shit was all about, maybe? It's beeped. Um, interesting. I think it looks cool. Um, again, Venom, creepy. A little bit more. Eh, he's kind of derpy, but I like I I like Carnage, not Venom. I meant to say Carnage. Carnage looks good. This new Carnage looks pretty good. I'm I'm not I'm not against it. So I am gonna jump over here to some Stan Lee news because the cameo. Oh, this one hurts. His Wreck-It Ralph cameo has been revealed since Wreck-It Ralph has finally hit theaters. Uh, his uh, cameo has been revealed. So I'm just going to jump right to the spoiler alert saying this is a spoiler for Wreck-It Ralph 2. If you don't want to know where the cameo of Stan Lee is, change the fucking channel, man, for like two minutes or something. Leading up to the release of Wreck-It Ralph Breaks Internet. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. It was revealed that Vanellope would find her way to the website ohmydisney.com, where she would have an encounter with the Disney princess as well. Since Disney's empire contains much more than princesses, the scene in the film features appearances from characters of multiple Disney-owned franchises, including Star Wars and Marvel. It's in this scene that a cartoon version of Stan Lee appears. While Vanellope is weaving her way behind the scenes of a show that's taking place, she brushes past a man that looks sort of familiar. As he turns to face the camera, there's no mistaking the silver hair and glasses of Stanley. This is the second animated cameo he's had this year, as he also appeared in DC's Teen Titans Go to the Movies, which was released over the summer. So, awesome that the legacy of Stan lives on. It's sad that he didn't get to see it, but them's the sticks, kid. Alright, here's one that I'm fucking excited for, as Once Upon a Deadpool trailer has officially hit... And I'm going to watch it and kind of just react as I see fit. Uh, it's probably already been reacted upon on different shows on the network, maybe. But maybe not. Maybe I'm the first one to get to it here. Let's see. Okay, there's um, snowflakes that have Deadpool's face. Here's Fred Savage. Deadpool. Fred Savage. Deadpool. Okay. Racer poster in the background. There's a stretch Armstrong. He's also in a Bears jersey, which I love. Deadpool is PG 13. Oh. Man, 
so December 12th, get ready for Once Upon a Deadpool. Obviously, it's just a Deadpool 2 recut with some new scenes. Like a super meta retelling of Deadpool 2 to Fred Savage with some childhood innocence as to censor Deadpool's Deadpooledness. It's clever. It's funny. It's a different way to get around the fact that he's a rated R dude. He's a rated R character. And it's going to be better to have him as PG-13 for some of the kiddos who want to see him and want to get down on his on his uh, his Deadpooledness, I guess. Another break drink. Another drink break here, real quick, as I'm starting to get tongue-tied in a little bit. Uh, slap happy at 3 a.m. But we podcast for you guys because we love y'all. So, and that's legit. That's legit. That's that's why. So check this shit out. Once upon a Deadpool is a good idea that someone else came up with. Check this as uh, M V B or M V Bramley on Twitter says um, that this that uh, Van City Reynolds. That's Ryan Reynolds. And him had a brief talk, and I believe he was as confused as I was. It seems like this all may have been a big, insane coincidence, and I'm happy to leave it at that. I'm looking forward to seeing the movie in December. Deadpool, Once Upon a Deadpool. So essentially, this dude last year said that it would be cool to have a PG-13 trailer cut and kind of had his idea for it, and he said he would use the PG workaround for Deadpool and the Fred, like use Fred Savage as the as the MacGuffin of the thing, like, well, Fred Savage is the reason that we're going PG-13 because he's, like, childhood innocence, and it'll be funny. But she started telling him about the trailer, and he thought she was just telling him the pitch, like, oh, I remembered your pitch, and that was interesting. So he, they, it was just like a, an, a complete accident that this happened. Like, they didn't see his shit. They didn't try to hawk his shit. It was just totally... Luck of the fucking draw on how it happens sometimes. Speaking of Deadpool, let's talk about his creator, uh, Mr. Rob Layfield, who penned this on Instagram saying, Dear the Hugh Jackman, just checking in to reassure you per your recent comment that yes, fans absolutely desire on the deepest possible level of affection and excitement that we can collectively muster to see you return as Wolverine alongside Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Being in the comic book business for 33 years and speaking as someone who has crafted a few memorable encounters between Logan and Wade, I can guarantee and confirm an audience and a reaction like nothing you've ever before experienced. Wolverine is my favorite character in the history of comics. He inspired every aspect of Deadpool's creation. Please give some consideration to unsheathing your claws for one more glorious adventure. Uh, hashtag Wolverine Deadpool Marvel. P.S. Please feel free to adapt directly from Wolverine 154, 155, and feature the administrator and the watchtower unapologetically and unashamedly your pal rob bigger than infinity war hashtag rob layfield yeah i think rob layfield hit it on the on the thing on hit it on the nose here man because uh, the, ryan reynolds already has a dope ass deadpool you know uh kind of hustle going on so to get hugh jackman to come back as wolverine and do Oh man, like how cool would it be if the new, if like the first Deadpool movie for Marvel brought Hugh Jackman back as Wolverine, legit, and just fucking did it. 
maybe they can do a limited story. Maybe they can immediately make him old man Logan and have him pass the fucking claws. They'll come up with some crazy ass idea. They always have ways to do that, folks. They're always planning for the future. They're not just going to let their franchises rot. So, and, and who knows? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not Hugh Jackman. And maybe if they do a Hugh Jackman thing, they can do it as like a one-off in a pocket universe, and then have Deadpool come back, and then it's like, oh, you're not Hugh. Who are you? And it's a different Wolverine altogether. And he's like, hey, bub, I don't fucking like you, bub. I'm about to cut your throat off or whatever. So, um. It's interesting also to note, though, that like Hugh Jackman is super jazzed to eventually see Marvel do the new X-Men. And uh, Jackman said in an interview when they were asking as a fan, um, is he curious to see what X-Men will be like in the hands of Kevin Feige? Uh, Hugh Jackman was like 100%. Feige was there at the very beginning of Hugh Jackman's career. In fact, Feige offered to drive Jackman to the airport for his first audition. Despite the fact that Hugh didn't actually think he was getting the part, Jackman actually considered an audition to be nothing more than a push for Dugray Scott to confirm he'd be the one to portray Wolverine. Feige became the head of Marvel Studios in 07, but his career as Marvel producer came about after Lauren Schuler Donner, whom he had previously worked for as an assistant, hired him as an associate producer on X-Men in 2000. His comic book knowledge proved to be unmatched, and he quickly climbed the Marvel ranks. Uh, Jackman goes on to praise Feige, describing his office as a Marvel fan's paradise featuring wall-to-wall comic books. It also includes posters and about 600 figurines of different characters. Uh, He also uh, says that they've stayed friends ever since, and nothing makes me happier to know someone who is purely creative, purely a lover of the legacy of these comic books is this successful. You know, you hear all the time, Hollywood's run by suits, and I go, Kevin Feige, if it's a suit, it's got a cape. So... I love that. I love Hugh Jackman's um, excitedness to see what's to come in the future for uh, for, uh, for 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 Marvel and what they have to come with uh, what we're going to be getting out of the X Men when it gets brought over from Vox. I'm, I'm curious how that's going to actually all pan out. We'll have to see here. Jump over to some DC news here, folks. We've got this. I need to catch up badly because according to some teasers, there could be an Arrowverse crossover coming soon. Maybe by the way of Elseworld, we'll have to see here. Um, If there's one thing CW Arrowverse fans have wanted since the beginning, it's a crossover with Smallville. And now Stephen Amell uh, has sparked a bunch of rumors because Friday he posted a picture on his Twitter account featuring Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum, who played Clark Kent and Lex Luthor respectively on Smallville, sitting around a table with a caption, pretty excited about this one. So, who knows what that could be. Maybe it's just a long-term thing. Maybe it could be something short-term. I'm not sure. I'm just looking forward to uh, getting caught up on the DC TV shows. I'm really hooked on another DC TV show. We're going to talk about it right now because, man, I've been busting my hump. I've watched so, so many times now. I watched Titans twice over now, and I just watched episode seven before it came on air, so I could like briefly discuss all the things that are going on. It's really cool. Titans is kind of setting up the future of Dick Grayson. Titans sets up and spawns out the Doom Patrol. Titans has twists and turns and has moments as I talk off mic for a second. Like Titans is one of those shows that catches you off guard. I think I described it to Veronica as it's like 
it's like if Gotham and Arrow and Game of Thrones, and there was another one, I can't remember what the other one was, all had a baby, this would be their baby. Like, Titans is just this, like, representation of, like, dark, gritty, true crime, drama, cleverness, interesting twists forcing you to think outside the box some goriness on levels that you can't even believe but they have actually set up uh the possibility for dick grayson being or being getting ready to getting ready to enter a transformation phase because at the end of this last episode he spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert for titans episode seven titans episode seven spoiler alert here we go in three Two, one, Dick Grayson burns the Robin outfit. And it's possible that this could just lead to the crux of him becoming Nightwing, which would be amazing. I would love to see that. So there's a trailer for next week's episode. I have not yet seen it, actually. I'm going to preview that here, and then I'm going to briefly discuss it. Uh, I don't want to give anything away on Titans, though. There's just like there's been so many good twists and stuff. Like I definitely feel like it's a show. If you haven't had a chance to get your hands on it, please do so. Uh, especially because that episode four, the Doom Patrol episode, to me is one of the best episodes of television. It's just different and a whole different level. It's fun. It's vibrant. It's different. It's twisted. It's dark. It, it's real. It has like all these different layers. It's very very well done. Uh, so I'm going to watch this preview for Titans Season 1, Episode 8 for the episode called Donna Troy, which I think is Wonder Girl, if I'm not incorrect. This is like being a team. Technically, we were never really a team. Oh, we were a team. I'll see you all again Ooh, so it looks like the next episodes are going to start to really, like, so far, Rachel has only been called Rachel. They've never introduced her as Raven. Corey, who is going to become Starfire, has never been talked about as Starfire, but it seems the Donna Troy episode kind of teases that, saying, in the episode, we'll see Dick Grayson reconnecting with his old friend Donna Troy and using her skills to investigate the Corey, uh, the Corey's alien roots. In one scene from the trailer, the name Starfire finally gets dropped. Not in the way you might expect. The trailer also raised some questions you might not yet have been answered about Donna Troy's history. Is she an Amazon? Is she a human who got powers when she joined up with Wonder Woman? In short, who is Donna Troy? Uh, on Tuesday, the first photos of actress Connor Leslie's portrayal of Donna Troy were released online. It raised some questions about her relationship to the Titans since the photos depicted Donna digging into Dick Grayson's story. Huh. Again, I'm looking for... I, I just can't wait, man. This... Titans is dope. Watch it. Give yourself a chance and... Or give Titans a chance and watch it for your own good because you'll be happy that you did. There's a new synopsis for a couple movies here in the DC world. First up, we're going to talk about the new Joker movie featuring Joaquin Phoenix. And here is the supposed... Um, or will the, will the supposed themes that kind of were originally talked about are kind of coming to truth because here's the first synopsis for that joker movie drama 
Joker centers around the iconic arch nemesis and is an original standalone story not seen before on the big screen. The exploration of Arthur Fleck, a man disregarded by society, is not only a gritty character study, but also a broader cautionary tale. Another amazing uh, synopsis we have here is the one for Shazam! I just want to mention that the Joker movie, cautious. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I want to see some footage eventually. Maybe that'll sell me some more on it. I'm like 50-50. Some days I really am excited for the possibility that this movie could be really good. Other days I'm like, oh god, this might suck. Hopefully it doesn't suck, but it'll probably suck. Uh, so I don't know. We're going to have to see what that Joker movie does. But I'm looking forward to this one because a new synopsis by Warner Brothers has been released for Shazam. And it reads the following. We all have a superhero inside us. It just takes a bit of magic to bring it out. Billy Batson's uh, Asher Angel case. Uh, by shouting out one word, Shazam, this streetwise 14-year-old foster kid can turn into the adult superhero Shazam. Zachary Levi. Courtesy of an ancient wizard. Uh, the guy that plays Korath, Digimon Hosen, or Hosu, uh, still a kid at heart inside a ripped godlike body. Shazam reveals, uh, revels in this adult version of himself by doing what any teen would do with superpowers. Have fun with him. Can he fly? Does he have an x-ray vision? Can he shoot lightning out of his hands? Can he skip his social study test? Shazam sets out to test the limits of his abilities with the joyful recklessness of a child, but he'll need to master these powers quickly in order to fight the deadly forces of evil controlled by Dr. Thaddeus Savannah. I'm looking forward to that, y'all. Another movie that we can talk about, a couple little things here as we, as we bebop along, as Tyler would say. The Birds of Prey officially has a title. I spoiled this title on last week's podcastrophe. They weren't there, and I felt it was a great place to use that meme accordingly because the longest title in the history of titles has been announced for the new Birds of Prey movie as the official title will now be Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. This was broke by Margot Robbie, who posted a picture of the script the front page with a big kiss from her on the cover. She posted a picture of this script on her Instagram a few days ago. At the time of recording, that picture has 1,476,345 likes with 18,746 comments. That's fucking crazy. Holy shit. That is wild. Looking forward to Birds of Prey. It should be really good. You got like Huntress in there. And uh, Black Mask, Ewan McGregor, that's going to be exciting. Maybe see him face Batman someday, that'd be cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, for sure. I would have more to say, but there's not really that much to talk about, just a piece of paper, you know? I hope that with all these good casting things that they've been putting together, that we are going to be getting a great movie, but I'm just going to be cautious right now. That's how I'm going to say that. So, looking forward to the possibilities of Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, but I'm still not sold yet, obviously. Uh, here's something pretty interesting. So, let me say this, folks. I'm not trying to be a dick, but sometimes when I go on comicbook.com and I see that they always suck this fucking dude boss logic off and talk about how great his... Uh, 
character arts are when he tries to take a like a he he'll take a picture of a celebrity and then like turn them into a superhero or like a fan casting to try to be like oh this is what they could look like as so and so but he does it all the time and it's kind of the same thing it's usually like a a one trick pony kind of thing that's smoke and mirrors um so it's it's just frustrating every time i see that and why do i say that because they uh they being comicbook.com actually posted a different dude's art uh for a fan casting and it has me like ah that would also uh, that would also be so good that's such a great fan casting why didn't i think of that what is the fan casting you might ask well how about john krasinski is hal jordan's green lantern uh it would be fucking incredible this guy barrett.digital on instagram shared his uh, vision of what John Krasinski could look like as a Green Lantern. And let me tell you, folks, it does not disappoint. This is a nice, high-tech, futurish-looking suit for the Green Lantern with some cool future tech of the lantern itself and the light popping out of the center of the uh, chest there. You know, it's like when cool shit like this comes down the pipe, I'm always excited when they share it. It was just like that Boss Logic dude. Every fucking thing he posts, they they share it, and it's not that good. Some of it was pretty cool. Like some of it was all right. He did a Dragon Ball Z series, like a bunch of different fan casting for Dragon Ball Z, and it was great. But not all his superhero ones are all that good, and sometimes they're just like, ah, that was really kind of wonky how you tried to make that look like a fan casting pic that's good. It's not that good. Why are they sharing that? I don't know. HBO has officially released some Watchmen teasers, and they're, you know, they don't really have, there's only a couple, and they're just really creepy mannequins with yellow faces, and the, you know, this, uh, ugh, the line is, masks save lives, so that's what they're going with, hiding in plain sight, who watches the Watchmen, we know, I'm looking forward to that too. When will we get this? I don't know. Next year, maybe? Yep. HBO has revealed that the new HBO's Watchmen will arrive in 2019. Looking forward to it. Holy shit, hockey mushrooms. I got two things left for you, folks. There are a little bit of video game news here. We're doing a little bit of a triple crossover now. Uh, as we're getting ready to wind down and eventually get off the podcast here. I'm going a lot longer than I expected to, but that's okay. Because I want to do a good podcast for you guys. So this is me putting in my 150%. I make up for that 30% there, Dick Blaintiner. Because I bring that 150%, so you at least operate at 80% if I can give you my 50%. But 3.11 a.m., I'm still busting my ass on this podcast. Here we go. Detective Pikachu releasing its first trailer. I am excited to talk about this. This is a little bit older I would have talked about this last episode, but Stanley died. It kind of superseded this. Didn't want to have a lot of exciting news. So now is me officially getting to talk about and review the Detective Pikachu trailer here. And you see a Doduo and a Charmander. And there's a Psyduck and a Jigglypuff. And I'm just going to start listing the shit that I see. Um... This kid's upset because he wants to be a Poco trainer, but I don't think he is. He's going up to his room. There's a Dragonite versus Hypno thing. Articuno versus Steelix on the wall. Uh, a pass to go to the games, I guess. 
He's hearing some noise, like, what the fuck? He pulls a weapon, and it... Oh, it's not a weapon, it's a stapler, and... It's a Pikachu. It's Ryan Reynolds. He's like, oh shit, I can hear you. So see, he's a human. I've been so lonely. I, I love that they introduced, like, kind of like they have this like dual thing where normal humans only hear Pika Pika, but this kid can hear him actually talking. He's kind of like the Ash. <clears throat> Let's see what else we see in here. He's crawling out of a car, missing Squirtles. They're going to team up, partner up. Bulbasaurs, Jigglypuff. At a karaoke bar, Charizard, fuck yeah, Gr Greninja, There's another Squirtle, Psyduck again, uh, Mr. Mime, oh this is shit's funny as fuck, trying to interrogate Mr. Mime. And he just smacked into the mime's invisible wall. Ryan Reynolds. Justice Smith. Again, another Charizard shot. Really good there. Detective Pikachu. Awesome. 2019 coming to theaters. You know what's really cool about that, folks? This is something I want to mention. This is a real reason why I brought that up. Detective Pikachu. Right? Awesome looking thing. Okay. It got an artist from like DeviantArt or Reddit because this dude's resume was essentially that he had made a bunch of real life Pokemon and it went viral. And when they were shopping around trying to figure out what they want to do, they saw this dude shit and they were like, why would we want to use anybody else? He made it look so good. And it's cool because you can see like his Jigglypuff design, his original Jigglypuff design is very similar to what they have in that movie. And that's like cool, man. Validation. This dude worked his ass off. I'm looking really. I'm really looking forward to the to the Pokemon, the Detective Pikachu movie, coming in 2019. It looks really funny. I will say it's a little bit difficult to listen to Ryan Reynolds talk and see Pikachu because I see Deadpool or hear Deadpool, and it's just like this weird. It's hard to kind of like trick my brain out of it, not seeing Pikapool or Deadchew, whatever he would be called, Deadchew Pikapool. I don't know, Detective Peekapool. That's what we're going to call this episode for sure. Uh, last thing we got before we leave this episode, 219, Detective Peekapool. A PS4 player was wrongfully banned over cultural misunderstanding, and Sony was swift to correct this uh, great injustice. Uh, this initial report that dropped again on Reddit a Reddit user claims, he says, I switched to PS4 a little over a year ago. I created my online ID, added one of my credit cards and debit card. Fast forward to today, I've spent a couple of hundred, if not a thousand or more in games, content, etc. I randomly get an email today that I was permanently banned. At first, I thought it was one of those fake emails people do to steal accounts. But I looked at the sender and it was official Sony email. I chat with support and they said it was because my online ID was offensive. Uh, my the idea in question was K-I-K-E underscore 0615, which is a childhood nickname popular in Mexico for people 
named Enrique, pronounced Kike, like Enrique Kike, right? Um, but Sony confused the name for a racial slur against Jews. The PS4 user added, after some research, it was apparently used as an offensive way for call of calling Jewish people, sort of like the N-word for my African-Americans. By the way, I'm really sorry if I offend anybody by posting my nickname. I swear to God, it's my nickname since I was little. Uh, I even have a soccer and high school track, cross-country shirts, sweaters with my nickname on them. At first, his attempts uh, were met with apologies and no can-dos, but it soon changed after his post went viral. Uh, keep in mind that the user was very clear in his original post that since he learned how the nickname could be misinterpreted, he was not looking to reclaim the username itself. He just wanted to keep all the progress that was attached to it. So he said that he got a response from Sony saying, First of all, I'd like to apologize for everything. We caught wind and saw what you posted online and said. Uh, I can assure you that we got to work on it as soon as possible. We set up a quick meeting in the office, and trust me, we had an interesting conversation, especially as it's Thanksgiving. But I'm glad to inform you that your account is fully reactivated. I'd like to apologize on behalf of all of us. You can keep your current online ID as we realize we have made the mistake. And look at that. Sony, not being the bad. Good guy, Sony. Look at good guy, Sony, showing up and being a good guy and not being a scumbag, Sony. Good guy, Sony, for Detective Peekapool. All right, folks. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week of Journey into Comics. I think that story was interesting, by the way. This dude, like, fucking, <clears throat> his name's Kike, but it's spelled like a different word that's not Kike. And it does necessary. it does, like, initially you see it and you're like, whoa, that's super offensive. But then you read and you're like, oh, it's pronounced totally differently and spelling is not everything. Oh, boy, that could have been so much fucking worse, folks. Well, folks, as always, you guys can check out the Journey Into Comics podcast at journeyintocomics.com where you can get all the different shows on our network every day of the week, Monday through Sunday, and back again. Uh, as always, check us out on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify. All you do is go search Journey Into Comics Network. And what you're going to do there is you're going to subscribe after you get find the Journey into Comics Network because that's going to give you all of our shows every day of the week. You can just check us out. It's going to be great. Alternately, if you want to be super dope and be like, hey, man, I support what you're doing. I love what you're saying. I love how you're saying it. I love you, man. I love you, Nate. Oh, you love me, man? Well, give us a dollar at Journey into Comics Patreon by going to patreon.com backslash Journey into Comics. If you give us a dollar, you get early access and exclusive content. There are other tiers. There's a $5 tier where you get stickers and a $20 tier where you get a t-shirt. There's all kinds of different cool shit you can get, and that just supports the network. That helps us have an opportunity to do what? Do what we're doing here and, and podcast for you guys with love every day of the week, in and out, nonstop, because we love doing it. So, folks, I think that's actually going to be it for this week's episode of Journey into Comics. This has been Journey into Comics 219, uh, Detective Peekapool. I have been your host, Nate. I hope you guys have a fantastic week. As always, pull your caps back and fill your brains with shit. Later, guys and gals. <laughs>